Hello there, nerds, and welcome to Go To There, 30 Rock Podcast, a weekly chronological journey through 30 Rock, leaving the jokes, the references, the highs, the lows, and all of the blurgs that come with one of the best shows of the 21st century. As always, I'm your host, Curtis Stone, and joining me is... David Amick. And welcome to episode 40, season 3, episode 4, Gavin Valor. This episode originally aired November 20th, 2008. David, if you would, please give us a quick summary slash synopsis of this episode. Jack and Liz visit the home of the rich, eccentric agoraphobe Gavin Voler. Played by Steve Martin. Played by Steve Martin. And hijinks ensue. <laughs> All is not as it seems when they first meet him. Yeah, but he has, a cru- he has a legitimate crush on Liz. Yes. Also, Tracy sees a documentary special and is afraid that his sons are going to Menendez him. Yep. So he tries to skim secure himself from being Menendez. Yeah. Also, Kenneth takes his $80,000 in Confederate money, which is about $4,000 in real money, and tries to invest it in a, in a scheme of Gavin Voler's that doesn't quite pan out. Yep. And additionally, Jenna's dad is in 30 Rock, but we, we don't we, see him we don't or see Jenna. We, none of that story happens. We don't see anybody like that, so... Uh, which, oh man, it kind of bugs me. I forget that that joke's in here, because I'm like, oh man, I would like to see, because I don't think we ever see Jenna's dad. We only ever see her mom. I don't think we ever see him, even in flashbacks. I don't think he's ever introduced, so. We've been nice. How I feel terrible. Like, it feels like, that feels like uh, they really wanted a third plot of Jenna's dad being there, and they just couldn't fit it in, so they just had to scrap it. So. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, it's a shame. Uh, first thoughts uh, on Gavin of Valor? So for being an episode featuring a big guest star like Steve Martin, it felt a little fillery. Like yeah, th- th- there, were, there were a lot of good jokes and some funny moments, but overall, like it just kind of feels a little inconsequential because like mm-hmm. it doesn't. Well, I guess Tracy and caring about what his sons think of him t- kind of ties into some larger themes, but other than that, it's a little standalone, which is fine. Mm-hmm. Like there's nothing wrong with the standalone episode, yeah, but okay. it just feels like uh, I don't know, to the like last it, two episodes. Yeah, exactly. It wasn't. It wasn't. It just wasn't games. as. I monumental, know. even memorable. Like I, yeah. I remember this episode because oh yeah, that's the one with Steve Martin. And I remember the a- antics of him trying to escape and the reveal that you know he's not an eccentric gorephobe and he's actually just uh, you know someone out, out running the law, uh, white car criminal guy. Uh, but then like I forget the Tracy storyline for the most part. I completely forget the Kenneth storyline and it because I mean, it's so it's, it's a small barely, part anyway. Yeah. But I mean, yeah, I just kind of forget there's. It's just kind of a forgettable episode, which is a shame coming off the last two episodes that were legitimately funny and, but also pushing a plot. Well, I, last week's episode was mostly filler because nothing in there really pushed anything well, forward. But again, like there's a difference I think between filler and standalone. Like, right? Yeah, because there was backstory there, sort of yeah. learning more of Liz's past. But also, it was it was just really funny and high yeah. tempo, and this was just kind of. I know it, 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 it almost like it's it's almost like a, a breather in between yeah which i'm not sure what the next episode is but it just feels like a breather episode it's just like, all right we can't can't hit a we can't hit a home run every time sometimes you just gotta hit a double we can only get steve martin this week <laughs> which is that less than jennifer aniston i don't know well I actually would, i would argue not but mm, in know. pop culture i would probably say aniston yeah. ranks higher just because i mean she's consistently working steve martin is that level of like Tom Hanks or Tom Cruise or even Oprah Winfrey who doesn't really need to do anything but yeah. you know he's got his clout and he's funny he's legitimately funny I genuinely liked him on like the Muppet show in the late 70s and his usually his runs on uh, SNL 
uh, were consistently good. He is the most guest appearances on SNL with 25, and he has the most host, or he has this, I think Alec Baldwin's the most, that was 17, but Steve Martin is at like 15 mm-hmm. for most hosting duties, or for hosting duties on SNL, so. Um, I feel like one of these years he's due like some sort of like movie dramedy role that gets him like an Oscar or something because it seems yeah. like it's been a while since he was really in anything big but also it seems like he's someone who that type of comedian who like eventually just like wins an Oscar for doing a more dramatic or serious I don't know it, it, it just seems like it wouldn't be surprised if like all of a sudden one of these next few years out of nowhere like he has like this big like his big like yeah, Oscar it feels that, like that should have already happened at this yeah. point but yeah i'm trying to think like what's the last thing i've seen steve martin in and i literally could I not tell you. i mean i'm sure he's done guest spots or like cameos on small things but legitimately i could not tell you anything that he was in in the last five years which is ignorance on my part but at the same time at least on television he's just mostly been guest spots on like snl academy awards things like that Mm-hmm. Yeah, I want to say he's also a writer, a novelist, and mm-hmm. I want to say he put out something within the last few years, but I can't remember exactly what it was. But yeah, I mean, it looks like he hasn't really done much of anything. In... Yeah, I mean, the last big movies that he's done was the Cheaper by the Dozen movies and mm-hmm. then Pink Panther and stuff like that, which he's, he's also done other films. But in terms of like big films, he just hasn't. But again, he's some, he's on that level. He doesn't need to work. Yeah. He just kind of can, he's. He's absolutely free to choose whatever he wants to do. And yeah. He can most likely well, I mean, produce whatever he wants. Literally, to do. the last ten years since Pink Panther Two is it's complicated, which I have heard of. The Big Year, which I've not heard of. Something called a short, a cartoon short called Almost Home. Something called Love the Coopers. That Maya and Marty, that uh, oh, really short-lived yeah, variety show, that yeah. Maya Rudolph and uh, Martin Short had, and then yeah. I mean, since then it's like ran like random guest yeah. and almost nothing bits. So yeah. hmm. maybe he just felt like he hasn't wanted to work very I much. Mean, in the last he 10 really years. doesn't need it. I mean, but you know, I think he's genuinely a funny guy. So, uh, any other thoughts before we hop in? Let's hop Let's in. Let's hop in. All right, we get a cult set, a cult opening that basically sets up. Uh, the Gavin Valor storyline. We get uh, a John McEnroe cameo. Should we? We should probably explain who that is after the fact. Cause John McEnroe. Never people, heard of people him. People may not know who that is. We're at a party. Lemon, try to loosen up a little. How can I loosen up? I'm in Connecticut. I haven't eaten, and I'm stressed about an away toilet situation. Do you know how lucky we are? We are in Gavin Valor's home. He was the CEO of Sunstream. Yeah, I don't know what that is. Is this potpourri or chips? Because I'm going to try to eat it. Valor is a god. He was the first man to be on the cover of Fortune and Jet magazine at the same time. Of course, that was back when Jet was actually about Jet ownership. That magazine took a weird turn. These are not chips. Then he fell off the face of the earth, sold Sunstream, and shut himself off from the world. They say he hasn't left his home in almost three years. Well, I hope he shows up for dinner. He's already here. Thank you all for coming tonight. Because of my severe agoraphobia and my debilitating wealth, I am forced to bring the world to me and host dinners for interesting people from all walks of life. The world of fashion, society, art collecting and yelling. Why isn't there any good art in here? Come on! Business and historical fiction. Really? What if the Germans had won the war, Lemon? And the arts. 
I'm glad Jack was able to bring you, Liz. I asked him about you after I saw your photo in the style section of the New York Times. Funny story, I was only wearing that because the fire alarm went off while I was getting a haircut. Well, you look beautiful. And, as always, I keep one chair empty to represent our unfulfilled hopes and dreams. I'm just kidding. Elliot Spitzer's hooker couldn't make it. <laughs> now, I want to send my driver into Manhattan to pick up dessert. Anybody know a good place for cupcakes? I think there's a McEnroe, place... give me a break. I'm on it. 77th in Amsterdam, 68th in Columbus, 125th in President Clinton Boulevard. Also, don't overthink it. Sarah Lee, frozen. Unbelievable. So, do we, what do we want to talk about first? From well, this? first, the John McEnroe line is actually a good foreshadowing that there's no good art in there. Oh. Because it kind of says that... That would make sense. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so, uh, I well, don't know if we want to spoil it. objective of what <laughs> art is, you know. Yeah. Like, no, what good is, right. you know. But, I don't know, I read it as foreshadowing hmm. that that's why there's no good art in there because everything is not as it seems. Yeah. I did not read it that way. Um, I mean, this is this is just me being a little pedantic, but I've never liked this setup of this scene because Jack and Liz are walking in and they're like, oh, and they're given all the exposition about who this character is and blah, blah, blah. But he's literally sitting right behind them playing the piano and maybe it's well, Jack his back is, is turned right and maybe Jack doesn't actually know what the person looks like he's just only heard things of him or whatever but they're also at a table talking and no one at the table thinks like oh he's right like even mentions like he's right over there he's, he's playing the piano maybe they don't know what he looks like so maybe that feeds in like the agoraphobic so you know he's like eccentric so uh, what's the Thomas Pinchon is he the famous writer that doesn't like he's reclusive yeah. yeah so maybe it's that idea like he uh, he exists but um no one really knows what it is like. So maybe that's what I can just write it off as. Anyway, but John McEnroe, I guess we should talk about him a little bit. He's infamous for. Well, being... this is his second cameo. Oh, you're right. You're right. The it first one was was was, in, was um, kind of making fun of the game Gold show. Case. Yeah, was in Gold exactly. Case. Yeah. Yep. Um, you're right. Wow. Uh, good memory. Um, but I mean, he's most infamous for being like a, a very uh, Loud rowdy. Off, yeah tennis player like he was good but he was also had an he was good but he wasn't the best and he argued um, with the refs and yeah, other was, players I mean, a lot i guess well big, most uh, of the refs late was. 80s early 90s was when his peak was yeah i think so yeah, that sounds so. about right and then he he sort of turned that into like a gimmick of making the like tv shows he well i think we talked about it on the episode with gold case where he ran that was it fox the chair i think it was fox yeah, the chair. basically you were in a chair and if you got the if your heartbeat went over it was something with heartbeat or blood pressure it went above Basically, you had to answer trivia questions, but stay yes, calm. There was some sort of stress meter that was measuring either like how difficult something. I don't know, but if it went too high, it didn't last long. I don't think it got a full run, much less a full season. So yeah, but now he, but I mean, he's he's a commentator at yeah most of the major tennis tournaments yeah, now, which, so. yeah, sure which is good. I mean, he that. he actually is I, I, pretty entertaining, knowledgeable as a yeah. commentator. I think so. Yeah, I think tennis has this um, stigma or idea about it that it's kind of very dry. So having, I don't, I mean, I, I really... It's pretty much nonstop action during No, 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 but like the commentary and stuff. Oh, oh, like the oh. presentation around it is pretty dry. And like, yeah, well, I guess, right, because it's the history of being like country club and right. wear white and all that stuff. Yeah, yeah. like sort of snooty. Yeah. Um, so I think having someone that's like bombastic uh, can, can help bring a new uh, audience to that, so... Yeah, I, I don't have too much about John McEnroe, but we talked about him for like three minutes. Yes. But yeah, Steve Martin uh, has shown up as Gavin Valor, and um, he gets some advice about cupcakes for dessert. So what's your favorite dessert? Um, Honestly, probably strawberry cheesecake. 
Okay. Cheesecake in general, but especially strawberry cheesecake. I don't think I've ever actually had cheesecake. What? Come on, that should not surprise you. If we've dated for we've five been years, to you should know. <laughs> no, I mean, point, no right? I mean, I know because we've been to cheesecakes I don't know. by I, Alex I, a gazillion times. You've had never it. had it. Maybe I have had Did it. Did you try it last time. Thanksgiving? When? No, 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 I wouldn't have tried it then either. I don't know. Like, I'm, I'm just, I, I'm a very picky person. I, I kind of like what I like and I'm not really interested in trying necessarily new things. Um, because isn't it, it's like a graham crust or something usually? Usually. Not all. I mean, you, you can do different things, but yeah. yeah, like graham cracker crust is like the, I think the classic yeah. way to make it, I guess. I'm just not a big graham cracker person, so. But maybe one day I'll give it a shot. Um, if I had to say favorite, oh God, if I if this was 20 years ago when I was a kid, I'd probably say something, I'd probably just say like cakes, because cakes was always like my favorite go-to thing, but um, in the last few years, I guess just, because we don't really do dessert that much. Yeah. I'd say probably just we'll like do ice cream. Ice cream. Like someone about it. Usually ice cream, yeah. yogurt, something in that in that fiction or fiction that uh, that uh, <laughs> ice cream isn't real. <laughs> is it? Is anything real? Um, in that area, um, is usually okay for me. I don't know. I'm just not. It's. I mean, there's very few desserts that are actually good for you, and not that we're health conscious, but like if I just ate it all the time, I, and I'm not an active person, it would just destroy me. So I don't know. You eat pizza every day. But it's in portions, and I don't eat... Well, it's not... I do eat full pizza sometimes. Anyway. Don't judge. This is a judge-free podcast. Mm. <laughs> uh, off screen, you can, you, can, you can insult me all you want, but not while we're recording, please. Uh, we come to 30 Rock, and uh, Tracy has a funny feeling about his son's... What are you still doing here? I don't want to go home, Ken. You know my two sons, Tracy Jr. and George Foreman? They've been acting really weird lately. Where are you going? Nowhere. Those two have never paid me any attention. And rightly so. I'm a strange man who can't be taken seriously. Now they won't let me out of their sight. Well, maybe they love you. Nope. Look what the little one made me. Ah, oh, that's cute. This is voodoo, Ken. Those two are up to something. Sometimes kids act out when there's a big change. I know I was a handful when my family moved from our farmhouse to that militia camp in the woods. Well, there's all this new money coming in. And it's not just from the video game. It's the tie-ins, the toys, the life-size Tracy Jordan sex doll that's selling like hotcakes in Japan. Well, you know what they say. Money is the root of all evil. I thought that was just a tagline from my movie, Death Bank. So, Kenneth was in a cult, I assume? The militia camp, I'm assuming that, that they got wrapped into a cult. Seems like a safe, safe assumption. Probably, yeah. Uh, that's rough. Are you surprising though? Not really. No, not at all. Um, but I guess we should talk. So we see Tracy Jr. and George Foreman again for the first time. And Tracy Jordan Jr. is an actor that is different from the last inception of the character and is played by, I really hope I'm pronouncing this right because it's Bobby, like Bob Ampersand, or I'm sorry, Bob apostrophe E. So I'm assuming it's pronounced Bobby, Bobby or Bobby. Yeah, Bobby yeah. Uh, Bobby J. Thompson or Bobby J. Thompson. Um, at this time, he is uh, a couple weeks out. Do you remember Role Models? It was around this time and just released in theaters. It was Paul Rudd and Sean William Scott. Nope. I know. On the surface, it's like, wow, this movie looks like a bad 
Comedy Central movie. It's actually really good. It has a lot of the um, the people that are uh, Reno 911 and The State. Oh. And I think Jane Lynch is in it. Oh, really? Um, yeah, all of like a lot of the Reno 911 cast hmm. is in it. They're just they're just goofing about, but it's about uh, so basically Paul Rudd and John William Scott are uh, they're just they they hate their jobs. They're just not unhappy where they are and they get put on community service. And one, um, Sean William Scott's character has to be a big brother to Bobby J. Thompson, and Paul Rudd has to be uh, a big brother to uh, McLovin from Superbad. I cannot think of that character's name. He was also in Pitch Perfect. Um, he was the, a very small part, but he was like the kid that was... Adam Devine? No, 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 not him. Um, he was a very... I can't think of his name. It's not important anyway. He's, the, he's been some other things. Skylar Aston? No, 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 no. He ben Platt. McLovin. Stop saying names. He was McLovin in Superbad. He was a very small role in Pitch Perfect. He was just like the guy that... Like, so when they're doing um, Since You've Been Gone, he's the one that is on the stage saying, holding the auditions, but he's not a part of any of the Pitch Perfect groups. Anyway, it doesn't matter. It's it's It doesn't matter what Hold this on, kid I need is. to know now. Anyway, uh, so the whole point of that movie is they have to play Big Brothers, and it's like, of course, they're troubled children, and they don't have any siblings, their families... Uh, don't really care about them so much. Yeah, Christopher Metz Plus is um, never is heard the of kid. Him. He's in Megan. Well, I've never seen Superbad because I have no taste in movies. It was an Oscar movie. Um, anyway, so it's actually a really funny movie. It's it's almost kind of like a lot of it feels improv. It's got Elizabeth Banks in it. You like her? Um, it's a great movie. It, it's easy to write it off just because around that time there wasn't that many good comedies, or they were trying too much to be like a Superbad or an Anchorman or whatever. But like, this is under the radar. It's a great movie. So. Go seek it out. It's really worthwhile. But uh, Bobby J. Thompson's pretty great. And he also played Tracy Morgan's son on the Tracy Morgan show back in 2003. So Wow. He was uh, He's always been around Tracy for a, for a long time. Nepotism. Nepotism and favoritism. It's the worst in Hollywood. So as Liz and Jack are leaving Gavin's party, Gavin is uh, legitimately infatuated with Liz and invites her back up. Uh, or he uh, he leaves an impression upon her. And then we come back to 30 Rock, and, um, well, you can take it now since you're so eager to talk about this scene of the fire safety marshal, so go ahead. I'm not eager to talk about it. It's because, they, they, well, they have to designate who the, who the, the what is it, the, the floor, floor marshal, safety marshal is? Floor marshal, yeah. Yeah. Do you have a safety person at your job? No, I feel like this is a very leading question, so, uh, not really. Um, I mean... No, not the way our business is ran and where we're located. I feel like as long, if we have an issue, we just talk to uh, anyone that is part of the facility and they handle it. I don't know. I guess one of the managers would be the fire safety marshal. Oh, I don't know. We have so on every like the on every floor there's a there's a safety captain, and then I guess in the other building it's since there's one floor but it's different regions everyone has their own thing but I've always struck me as like a little I mean the point of it is right to especially if there's an emergency or something where people evacuate to someone who's accounting for everyone to make sure everyone's there but just like so far I guess you know they only really do anything during like fire drills that we've had and it just feels like a little silly because it's it's like they have to like wear their little hat and have carry a little notebook around which i mean i get it if they were actually like something where people need to evacuate they need someone to account like to direct people and account for them and make sure that you know but it's just like during a drill it just feels like a little just like it's i mean it's just like a little hat a little notebook like yeah the hat seems unnecessary honestly because 
I don't know. I feel like you could just relate to all the employees who to be the lookout for. Yeah. Rather than having. Well, I mean, we know who it is. Like, you, I mean, you, you know, it's it doesn't so people know, but it's just like I don't know. During an actual actual event, where is I'm sure it would be. It would be. I feel like it would but... be uh, almost so chaotic that it would be. Um, no one's going to be looking at like the fire marshal wouldn't even think to grab the hat. It would just be like, "Get out of my way!" <laughs> Uh, I actually just watched uh, an episode of Seinfeld where um, George gets into a situation where he's at a little kid's birthday party and um, something in the kitchen or whatever just starts to smoke a lot. And so he starts screaming, there's a fire, there's a fire. And he just starts pushing everyone out of the way, like pushing women and children out of the way. And he's like, he's like, let me out, let me out. And he gets out and then everyone obviously is upset with him. Like, what are you doing? You push children and old people out of the way. He's like... He's like, no, I was, I was the hero. I'm the leader. I was leading everyone out. And they're like, no, it's insane. Like, the, so that reminded me yeah. of that funny episode of the Seinfeld, <laughs> also yeah. on NBC, <laughs> coming to Netflix in 2021. Uh, anyway, so so Pete has to find a safety marshal for uh, the floor of Thirty Rocks' sixth floor, um, and Liz comes in and gets a phone call. Sorry, is my phone ringing? It is. Wow, you have, like, dog ears. So are you going to... Okay. Hello? Hey, Liz. It's Gavin Valore. Oh, hi. Uh, listen, I only took that napkin because I wrapped some chicken in it. That's not why I'm calling. I just had a good time with you the other night, and I wondered if you'd like to come out again this Saturday. Are you having another party? No. Oh. Well, this must be what the kids call a booty call. I haven't been out of the house since 2004, and even I know the kids don't call it that anymore. <laughs> so, uh, what do you say? Um, yes, I guess, right? Okay. I'll send a helicopter to take you to the train station. Okay. Bye. What the what? Heaven's pretty. Come see me. Sunny day today, and we can expect much more of the same over the next few days. Might... Authorities came to believe that the Menendez brothers acted out of pure greed. The only thing standing between them and tremendous wealth was. What? Say it! Their father, Jose Menendez. My kids are going to kill me! So this definitely seems like something that one of the writers or several of the writers literally grew up like we grew up with the OJ si- mm-hmm. situation that this is something which was only a few years apart. Um, I think the Menendez was late eighties. It was 80, 89. Okay. Was, yeah. So this was something kids grew up with, and they're like, "Oh man, I hope we can somehow write this into some sort of storyline." And they got their dream. And you're right. Yeah, I, I think you're totally it's right. Such an obscure reference. Yeah, and even more so nowadays in 2019, but. Yeah, you know, 2008. It was such a like. Was it? It would have been, I guess, close to the anniversary of it. So maybe that's what. Yeah. Prompted well, I mean, from what I understand, it, I mean, it was very like famous at the time. But like, I just like I was feeling it weird because I mean, I was I guess I would have been about two when it was happening, so I had no concept of it. But I and I didn't hear about it until years later, and I remember it being referenced like it was a big thing. But like, I had no idea. Like, I, I feel I just came across reference to the Menendez or something, and like. It was like a thing that was clearly like people were supposed to know what it meant, but it was like it was before I really had any conscious. Yeah, yeah. Con- I feel like it's, the OJ is it's the same as the OJ thing, yeah. probably for people of the yeah. Gen- and even the OJ, OJ thing, I mean, Gen-Z. I was still like probably what 
six or seven. I don't know. It was ninety because I was born in eighty seven. So, so whenever OJ it was, was ninety three. Okay, so I don't. So I, I mean, I I do remember that in it being in the culture, but I don't remember really much. Right about it while I was alive. Like, so I would have been in fourth grade, I think, when fourth or fifth grade when the the trial was happening. So I would have been nine. So ninety three, ninety three was likely when it happened. Ninety four was when all the court stuff was mm-hmm. going on. So I mean, yeah, if you're barely ten, you're yeah. not going to retain too much of it. Um, but I mean, obviously that was a very big deal, and, and it probably was the Menendez thing of, of its time, or the Menendez was the OJ thing of its time. I guess we should talk about it a little bit. Like, it's two brothers that uh, killed their parents. Um, they cite that it was due to physical and sexual abuse from the parents, most likely the father, um, that pushed it on and urged it on. As the story here seems to say, it was because of greed and they wanted money. Either way, they were both found guilty. There was two separate trials for each son um, that end up being a mistrial. Um, because the juries were deadlocked and then they tried them together and the juries were a unanimous decision and they're both still incarcerated to this day i think life without parole so if life i'm not sure how many life sentences they got but life is 25 years so they probably got multiple life sentences and then who knows they'll probably die in jail i'm Mm. not sure yeah there's an arc on the politician that i think is supposed to sort of be like it's, it's not directly referenced but there's kind of a subplot wherein the oh so i actually summarize so the politician is a show that came out on netflix recently mm-hmm. starring ben platt as a high schooler who was very ambitious and wants to be his high school president anyway he's he, he was adopted into a rich family glenn <laughs> Castro is the mother so a, a, goop a, herself goop, goop is the mother yeah oh my gosh. there's a guy a, a guy I can't, I can't remember his name but the father's a character actor who's been a lot of things anyway they're super rich and there are two twin sons who are the biological sons of the father um and there's a plot wherein he tries to kill himself or something but he doesn't succeed so he's in the hospital and the son tried to go to finish him off for the money it doesn't work out but anyway it's like thinking about it, it's like i think it's supposed to be a reference to the minute thing even though it doesn't explicitly reference it yes bob balaban he's been if you see his face yeah, you know him I for sure him. he's been a lot of things but he's just a character, character. Yeah. i feel like i'm pretty sure he's on a sign yeah and also about the politician is it something like it's very it's very ryan murphy at his most id where it's like over the top and colorful it looks and like super like campy, ambitious but not funny campy yeah it, it is a little campy like sometimes people i think you people use that word about ryan murphy shows in a way to mean it's negative and it's like it's not necessarily a bad thing for him but in this case like I don't, I, I wouldn't say that I necessarily liked it, but I would say it was kind of interesting. And the way it ends, the, 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 the finale to leave for the second season makes it, makes it seem like the second season will be pretty good. So we'll <laughs> see. But like, I mean, I, I will say I, I watched all the way through and I have no problems abandoning something if I'm not into it. So I would say that I like, liked it. I don't know if I would say, I definitely wouldn't say it's for would everyone, for but it was watchable. Yeah, I'll definitely come back for season two. Plus it was only eight episodes. Right. So it's easier to get through. But they were 30 episodes. minute episodes? They were, well, um, it, it depended. Oh, okay. They were mostly 40 to 50. One was like 25. And I think mm-hmm. the first and last were like an hour. But So my vibe that I got from watching that trailer of The Politician and I had no inkling to actually watch it because I was just like oh this this is not for me I couldn't care less about this subject matter but my first thought was like oh this sounds like election that Drew Barrymore it's, about yeah I mean he's I very like, the Ben Platt character is very Tracy Flick yeah I was like I'd just rather watch election again because it's you know two hours and I really like that movie which I don't want to take away from The Politician I'm sure it's fine I'm sure it'll get some sort of Golden Globe or whatever 
nomination. Uh, I don't know. Maybe. It has the, the critical reception has been kind of blah, so I don't know if it'll be a big awards yeah, we'll player. See. But uh, right. yeah, it just was like eh, I'd, I'd rather just watch election again. But I don't know. Like, yeah. I, I'm glad that I, my my read on the show wasn't incorrect. But I'd, I'd also don't want to just assume that it's all election all over again because yeah. it does seem like. There's more to it, obviously. If it's a full show, there's probably yeah. something to it. As it goes on, well, I think the premise is supposed to be basically every season is he's running for a different thing. So it leaves off where the second season is he's running for like a state senate seat in New York. So it, it, it quickly, so it moves beyond. I mean, the, the, like time the, skips and yeah, the, the high school election only lasts like the first six episodes, I think. Mm-hmm. The seventh episode is transition. The eighth episode is really a setup for the whole next season. So I think... Yes, like the first season, definitely election is a very close comparison. But I think as it goes on, and I mean, I'm assuming Parks since, Ra- since Ryan Murphy, and yeah, <laughs> especially since Ryan Murphy just signed that huge deal, I assume he, that they're going to. I think seventeens, I've heard, is the plan. So I assume they're going to give it the full run. Where I've been obviously the last season will be him running for president. So oh, I think they can turn it into House of Cards too. Maybe <gasps> no, it's definitely it's definitely comedy and Ryan Murphy comedy as opposed to like House of Cards, like intrigue thriller or whatever. So. Um, but yeah, I would say if you think that, like, if, if you like the Glee and Scream Queens, Ryan Murphy, then you'll, pr- Wait, then you'll probably... Was he on Glee? Well, Platt? not on Glee, but, um, no, Ryan Murphy was in charge of Glee? He created, yeah, he created Glee, yeah. Yeah, I, I should have known If that. you like the Glee and Scream Queens, Ryan Murphy, then check it out. You'll probably find it watchable. If you are, if, I, I would say the first season of Glee, at least, if if the first season of Glee you were totally repelled by, then you're definitely not going to like the politician. It seems so bubbly that it's just, like, not yeah. for me. But, yeah. I mean, I watched the first season of Glee in half, or maybe all of season two, but then I just didn't return for season three of Glee because it was just, like, same thing all yeah. over again, new characters. Um, yeah. Okay. Well, good to know. So you give the politician a thumbs up. I give it a sideways thumb because I w- again I wouldn't say that like I liked it, but I found it watchable enough to watch it all. I'll definitely come back for the second season. So maybe thumbs slightly above. So se- like but, six. But, yeah, there we go. Yeah. Okay, six is not a bad score. Uh, so Jack uh, interests Kenneth in investing in a program that Gavin has informed him of. Uh, and uh, <laughs> Kenneth has $80,000 in Confederate money, which roughly translates to $4,000. So Jack takes him up and says he'll handle the investment for him. Meanwhile, uh, Liz informs Jack of the call from Gavin. Jack, Gavin Valor just called and asked me out. I mean, in for the weekend. I thought he might. He asked if we were involved. I said you used to have a thing for me, but you were getting over it. That is what's happening, right? Yeah. Listen, I kind of told him I'd go. You should. What's the problem? I don't know. I'm so tired from that dinner. And meeting someone new, oh, all the nodding and smiling and sibling listing. And what's the upside? It works and you have to have a bunch of sex. Lemon, what do you want? Do you want to be alone for the rest of your life? No. I just wish I could start a relationship about 12 years in, when you really don't have to try anymore, and you can just sit around together and goof on TV shows and then go to bed without anybody trying any funny business. Lemon, don't overthink this. Gavin is a fabulous guy. If I were dating a man, he would be at the top of my list with Michael Jordan, Denzel Washington, Tay Diggs. God, do I have a black thing? I do like him. Clement, you're gonna go to Gavin's, and you're gonna work this thing like a Chinese gymnast. Wear something tight, force a smile, and lie about your age. I really love Liz's idea of what a relationship is. You just jump into it 13 years in, and all of the awkwardness is out of the way, and 
That's the dream. That's what I live for. But well, we're five years in. We're so five, in and five years, I, twelve years. I think we adjusted. I think we adjusted very well. Like we're both similar enough, and not. Uh, I mean, you're a little bit. Well, we're both neurotic. I would say you're more neurotic. I'm definitely more neurotic. Way more neurotic, but not obnoxious. Not Seinfeld neurotic, but neurotic enough that things get done that need to get done. But we're also both lazy enough that you know. Maybe things slip through the cracks sometimes. Maybe not. I don't know. <laughs> We're doing great. Yeah, but I've always loved that idea of just, of her just, let's, like, and that's, and when trying to do, like, the dating thing, it was just like, oh, my God, I hate this. Because you have to learn every quirk. You have to learn everything about this person. And uh, yeah. it's just and exhausting. I know Tinder was around when we got together, but it wasn't really, mm-hmm. a, it wasn't a really a big thing yet. Well, like, perhaps not. You really were. Well, I mean, like people were using it, but it wasn't. But I mean, it's it, it definitely didn't hit its peak. Like I feel like now it's like it's just like the default, like what everyone uses, and it definitely wasn't anywhere near that back then yet. But I just feel like that's even more exhausting than what yeah. it was back then because it's like the because I feel like if it's on your phone, like I mean, if it's constantly available at all times, then it's just mm-hmm. like I don't know. That just sounds like too much work. Yeah. I mean, not really. I guess you're just swiping through and whatever, but it's like, I don't know. It just I mean, seems it's, like, it's, I, I don't it's know. It's easier than like going out to a bar to try and like pick someone up because right. like that's so much more daunting than, you know, just essentially having a profile that tells you everything true or not true, even real. The person may not even be real, but like at least you have a start. Like if you just walk up to someone at a bar, you have no idea they're interested, right? You're just like, oh, they, they maybe gave me an eye five minutes ago and Here's my chance. Like, it's such a gamble. Like, at least online, you're sort of a relatively anonymous, and there's there's no embarrassment. There's nothing to lose other than just okay. I'm just never going to talk to that person yeah. again. Yeah, no, that's true. I mean, from the perspective, right? It's easier if you're someone who's shy or more socially anxious. Like, it's easier to go through. But yeah. just the, the concept, though, of like, you know, just like constantly go with your phone because there's so much choice. Mm-hmm. People are always looking for a better option, and just like having to deal with that sort of thing just sounds yeah. like you know. Well, then, but that comes down to self control. If you're thinking you, there might be something, else. of course, there's potentially always something I but it, better. I, I out guess there, I get, like, that's true. But I guess it just means that you're because of the nature of it, you're meeting a lot more people for like one offs and things like that. So it's like which can get a little exhausting. I would feel that's like. true. But I mean, that's what you're into, yeah. or that's what you're willing to go to. Right. I'm just saying I would not want to have to do that again. Like every week, having to try someone new. Because the last week didn't work out or something like that. I mean, I mean, I don't know. I mean, obviously it's up to you, so you can do something and then take like time off, take time off, make a job. But you know what I mean? Like you could you could do it for a little while, give it a rest if you want to. Obviously it's up to you. But just I mean, just the concept. I mean, the concept of constantly meeting new people. You know, if if you're just looking to meet people, is I mean that gets tiring. No, I, while, absolutely. So, you know. I mean, just think of, like your job. Like if you have if you work somewhere, there's a lot of turnover. You just have to yeah. constantly like reintroduce yourself. Like our job likes to do like fun facts or like. Tell a tell a goof about about you to tell a person, goof. like to, like a personality thing or something about yeah. you. It's just like, I mean, like right now we're steady. We have a we have a good group of people that we work with. But there was a period where there wasn't a lot of turnover, but they were just hiring new people. Mm. So it was like every other week or every two or three weeks. It was just like, oh, here's so and so. They're joining us, and it's like, say something fun about you. And it's like, I'm a boring person. I really don't have that many fun things to talk about. And like. The interests that I have require like explaining for the most part. So it's just like, I don't want to do all of that. Because so I mean, I like anime and some people don't know what anime is. And you have to like, well, anime is Japanese animation, blah, blah, blah. And it's just like, well, I don't want to, I don't want to share that information because it's just too much work. 
but then do that in a dating scenario because that's what you have to do every t- anyway anyway <laughs> uh tracy is still terrified that his children are going to murder him um even though they've made the hockey team and they should be celebrating but liz goes on a more official date with gavin back at his home and uh, this is a study. Well, this is interesting. Uh, one of these benches is a priceless work of art, and the other is an ordinary bench from which to admire it. Which one is which? So you just never leave this house? Uh, I'm afraid not. And it does get lonely. I'd be lying if I told you I never danced with a broom. That's nothing. Sometimes to feel like I have company during dinner, I dispute credit card charges on speakerphone. <laughs> Thanks for coming out. I know my situation is complicated, but uh, I really enjoyed your company the other night. I had a great time, too. So, with your agoraphobia, how does this work? Well, it's not easy. We can never leave the house, and we just probably sit around all weekend and watch TV. Go on. There's not much else to do up here but eat and read celebrity gossip on the internet and nap the day away. Really? And, unfortunately, uh, because of my phobias, We could never be physically intimate. I know. What woman would want all that? Um. Oh, hello, Kenneth. Please sit down. I'm sorry to bother you, Mr. Donaghy, but I've got another $10 I'd like to invest. I did some street performing in my neighborhood this weekend. They sell his boombox and his I guess money. I should explain that visual joke of he's he's break dancing on his on his uh, on his street and they they take everything from him. He's doing a pretty good doing a good job. That's so unfair. Poor Kenneth. Poor Kenneth. Kenneth, I'm very proud of you. Next stop, home ownership. I'm just kidding. The middle class is dying. You'll be renting forever. Uh, let's just call my broker. Hey, Jack. Hey, Walter. I just want to check on that investment I made on Friday. All right, let's pull it up. Uh, that that account was closed out. What? Yeah, zero balance as of this morning. I, I don't know what uh, that hot tip was, but you'd have been better off putting that money in a coffee can. Hi, Walter. This is Kenneth Parcell, NBC Page Program. What's the status of my investment? <sighs> Gavin, this was wonderful. I really enjoyed watching MTV Canada with you. Yeah. They can't seem to get anything right up there, can they? I hope you'll come back. Maybe next weekend? I'd like that. Me too. Well, I should go. Do you have everything? Do you have your cell phone? Oh, um, oh. Nerds, where is it? Oh, uh, there it is in the other room. Carl, could you get Liz's cell phone for her so I can say a proper goodbye? Thanks, buddy. Anyway, I just... We don't have much time, Liz. Look, Liz, I've decided I can trust you, so I'm going to tell you the truth. I'm not really an eccentric agoraphobe. I just tell people that so they won't know I'm under house arrest for tax fraud. And arson. Lord! Ah, the wind must have blown it shut, Carl. I'm searching for the key. Carl's a U.S. Marshal. Come, before they shoot! I thought Derek was upstairs. I miscounted the men, Liz. I miscounted the men. Oh, he miscounted the men. Whoever they have as a stud double for Steve Martin, the wig is atrocious. <laughs> and the body movements they have for him are just almost so cartoony that it's just like, oh, brother. 
What did he burn down? That's what I, I want to know. What, yeah, I agree. I would love to know what he set on fire. Oh, so the truth is out. Gavin is a fraud. <gasps> and Liz uh, Liz and Jack's storylines are coming together now. And Kenneth's storyline. Hey, your friend is a crook. He's under house arrest for tax fraud, embezzlement, and racketeering. What is racketeering? No one knows, Lemon. And he's not a germaphobe. I thought I was helping him when I let him hold my boob while we watched Top Chef. Oh, I'm sorry. You should be. You made me go up there. Well, I'm going to fix this. I'm going to get Kenneth this money back. And for you, I'm going to hit Gavin Velour harder than a bottle of whiskey at an Irish wake. Tracy, get out of the hallway. Or am I? Oh, God, this dream again? That's not me. That's the Tracy Jordan Japanese sex doll. You could tell us apart because it's not suffering from a vitamin deficiency. Other than the natural inclination to make love to yourself, why did you get this? To use as a decoy. So my greedy children will murder it and I'll be able to escape a Menendez. This is insanity. Or is it? The parallels between the Jordans and the Menendez are uncanny. Both families are rich. Both families have two sons. And both families are staples of court TV. Money does make people crazy. Look at Gavin. And he doesn't have the lifelong scarring of an absentee father. Exactly! You want to get one? I can get you one. <laughs> she looks like she's considering it. Yeah, she didn't shoot it down. Who doesn't want a Tracy Jordan sex, Japanese sex doll? Me. I don't. Um, so racketeering is... A criminal act in some form of substantial business or a way to earn illegal money either regularly or briefly, but repeatedly. That just sounds just like... Sounds, it's just sounds like the operation of a criminal yeah. enterprise. Yeah. Like, I it mean, just I, I think that's, so complicated. Yeah. We're, it's worded complicatedly. Yeah. Complicatedly? Worded... Compl- in a complicated fashion. In a complicated fashion, yes. So Gavin reveals that Sunstream is not actually really a thing... And has to and tries to escape once again. Uh, meanwhile, Jack has to pony up to Kenneth and ad- admit that uh, the investment just was wrong, and he tries to give him his money back. I do want to talk about Sunstream really quickly because yes. they, they do the kind of funny thing where they have a commercial where it's just like random corporate buzzwords like yeah. innovation, America, America. yeah, exactly, <laughs> tomorrow. Yeah. And it's like yeah, because even Joe's like. We don't actually say anything that we do, and yeah. then they cut to that, and it's just like all this. Uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Like uh, just standard uh, jargon. Not not not, not not but like the visual aspect. Of, like uh, what's that? Uh, what's just like uh, stuff that you could like? Uh, blah, 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 blah. Oh my god, I'm blanking. Uh, just like stock footage. Oh, oh. it's like yes, yes. Oh my god, gotcha. it's just all this stock footage of. Cars moving really fast, and and tennis balls, and and, and sunshines, and sunsets, and it's just like they're, they're not. I, and it always makes me think. You remember Better Off Ted? Oh yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. like it reminds me of that because I think like that main company, they, I think their whole thing, they they made the fuzz on tennis balls, but they were also like that was their front, and on the back end they were doing like a lot of experimental stuff, and it's a really good show. Yeah, Better Off Ted is good, and also. Corporate on Comedy Central is an extremely, extremely underrated show. That's mm-hmm. the same vibe as that. It's uh, its second season ran earlier this year, and okay. it's coming back for a third and final season next year. Mm-hmm. But it gets a lot of even like it's the same thing like is better off Ted, but I'd say more nihilistic. 
Like oh, it's yeah. it's it's very bleak. Like yeah, better off to have it as a little bit more upbeat. And, yeah, and, and goofy. Yes, yeah, so this is it's also like I mean it's also a straight up comedy, but it's like a like a Veep style like black hole comedy. Yeah. But it's it's really really good, and it, it it's the same sort of like that genericized like front like yeah a, a company that says they do one thing and they do legitimately do that thing but on the back end they're yeah. doing like 70 other things that are like yeah awful but it's yeah it's so good so i, I highly recommend that uh kenneth i couldn't get your money back and i'm sorry i feel responsible so i want you to have this mr donaghy i can't take that well, what would this country be if our economy didn't allow wealthy people to take advantage of rubes? Well, yes, that's true, but what about your family? Uh, don't worry about us. We parcels have eaten our share of rock soup and squirrel tail, but we've also known lean times. We'll get by. Kenneth! I need someone to be our floor emergency marshal. And you came to me first? Thank you, sir! Uh, Pete, doesn't that responsibility come with a $4,000 signing bonus? Uh, yes. Oh, right, I remember that meeting. Where you also said I would get a per diem for gas. Yes, yes, um, 12 cents a mile. Yes, Hornberger! Yes, Hornberger. Yay, Pete wins! Well, well, I, I guess twelve cents a mile is better than nothing. Although that's yeah, pretty. Yeah. Uh, sure is how that would work. Even my uh, first job paid more than that for mileage reimbursement. Yeah. No, I, I think the point. Well, is, I, I think the point is, but it's, it's supposed to be comically low. Right. Yeah. It's better than nothing. Yeah. But, and he's so happy to get it. Yeah. So, uh, we cut back to the Tracy household or the the Jordan household, and uh, we are we learn why the kids have been so. Would you say possessive? Or just so, well, how would you describe their their um, their actions? Well, we don't actually see Consider them that much. Caring, or like, because I mean, like, well, there's the scene where he's like just sitting in a chair and yeah. he just goes to move, and they're like, "Where are you going?" Like, what would you describe that? Possessive. As? Like, yeah. Well, that's what that was the word I thought of. Yeah. I was like, mm, that seems a little strong because they're not controlling him, but yeah. they're definitely like um, watchfulness, watchful, mindful. Or, yeah, more, more over interest, more so than I don't know. Overbearing, maybe. Mm. Mm. Anyway, anyway, uh, the truth comes out, and there's a pa- there's an attempt of patricide. Daddy. It begins. Daddy, are you awake? I-, I keep having this scary dream. I dream that you'll get so rich that you'll leave us and get a new family and never come back. And Daddy. I don't want you to leave us, because I love you. I love you so much. I love you too, son! Ah! Stop it! Ah! Stop patriciding! It's me! There's nothing to be freaked out about! That's just a Japanese sex doll in daddy's bed. Now, you listen. You don't have to ever worry about me leaving, because I'll always be there to take care of you. And there's something else. If anything ever happens to me, you... And your brother are going to go to jail. Liz Lemon, look. I'm not dead. Good to know. Yes, it is. Oh, also, everything worked out with Jenna's dad visiting. What? Oh, you weren't really around for any of that. 
cast to the stage for rehearsal. Cast to the stage. Hello, Liz. Please. Oh my God, Gavin? We're supposed to be quiet during rehearsal. What are you doing here? I came back for you, Liz. I was free. I was across the Canadian border. No, you weren't. What, what's the scam? Do you want money? No, I'm not lying. I can prove it. Look. Cheap cholesterol medicine from Canada. A Paris Hilton film released only in Canada. Camp of approval? What does that even mean? Man, I think after, even in 2008 after this, like, Paris Hilton was not even remotely on anyone's radar. Yeah, it was like when the Kardashians, the rise of the Kardashians, like, coincides with, like, the really sharp and fast decline yeah. of Paris Hilton as, like, a media. Because, well, I mean, she was literally figure. everywhere. She was. Yeah. She was Simple Life. Was that the reality show? Mm-hmm. That, she, yeah. I think that ran for five seasons. And that, I mean, but that was like oh, unbearable. And then she the tried to, and the naughty. She tried to do the acting thing and she tried to do uh, music. She had music. She had an album or two. Oh my God. I don't think I may have told you this. I don't know. When I worked at the movie theater, like, so this would have been around 2003, 2004, 2005, 2006. Uh, that was, I guess, the height of Paris Hilton wackiness. Um, there was a co worker I had who un- unflinchingly said, Paris Hilton is my role model. Like, she had everything Paris Hilton. She had, like, a bag that had Paris Hilton's face on it. She ascribed to be the new Paris Hilton. I was just like... Well, if you get born to the owner of a massive international hotel chain, then you can be Paris Hilton, too. This girl wasn't. And this girl was, like, genuinely, like, nice, sweet. Like, I don't have any ill will against her, but I was just like... Have a better role model, I guess. But I'm looking back, I was like, I mean, she's young... There's probably a lot of females like that. I'm pretty sure there's people that I look up to that are just like, oh, why that person? I don't know. Like looking back, I was maybe a little bit too cruel of like dismissing this person because of their role model. I mean, but, like, when you're so adamant about it, it's just kind of yeah. Like, to be a little fair, there are plenty of rich who literally do nothing. Like she did make herself a media career. Yeah. So I mean, like there's. I think we may have talked about it before. Like there's a small part of the Kardashian and the Hilton and all of those empires that like they are built on. A, a, a modicum of labor. I don't know how much of the actual person is doing the labor versus their team that's doing right. the labor. Well, and obviously, it's easier to make that sort of career when for yourself when you already have, have a huge a leg up. Ton, yeah, but. like it's like the was it Chloe is the one that was the f- fastest ma- self. Oh no, uh, K- K- Kendall, Kendall, Kylie, one, yeah, of, the, one of them. But it's like, well, how much of that money was your own money that started yeah. from zero, or you never started at zero? And you well, obviously, you didn't start. At zero, so right. it's like, yeah. it's like, oh, I mean, gonna be yes, obviously, not many people make it to a billion, but it's easier. Well, we've talked about it before. It's yeah. easier to get from even five million to a billion than zero to. Like, five I mean, million. they have to do all those makeup videos, but at the yeah. same time, there's probably five, six people on the back end that are editing those videos and posting them and and spreading that stuff around. So it's like, yeah, they're self-made. But self-made with parentheses with a team, so it's kind of like yeah, and there's some commend, there's some commendation there, but it's also kind of like. Uh, I mean, there literally are like rich kids who live off their trust yeah. funds and don't do anything they do or literally nothing, so. and just travel the world. But yeah, yeah. but it could be I mean, worse. But, yeah. Yeah. but even so, it's e- it's easier to become that successful when you yeah. when you get a, when you have like a start. Uh, I think how did this get made? Just did an episode about Hottie and the Naughty. I think. I'm, oh, I, th- I, I think that was podcasts. one of the things they did on their tour when I saw their tour list. I think that I think was one of the movies. Right. So yeah. yeah, yeah. So I think I, they, they just did that episode. All my podcasts kind of run together. Yeah. So. Liz, what's the point of being free if you're alone? You get me. Come with me to Canada. Toronto is just like New York, but without all the stuff. Absolutely not. Valour. I thought by now you'd be someplace that U.S. law couldn't touch you, like Bali or Utah. 
What made you come back? The reason is standing right next to you. I came back for Liz. Liz isn't going anywhere, Valora. I already told him that. You've already done enough damage, taking advantage of her loneliness and her Big Ben-sized biological clock. Oh, come on. I'm stopping it. I can't believe I'm saying this to the great Gavin Valor, but Liz Lemon is too good for you. Oh, well, that is nice. It's over, Valor. Give me the brush. You stay back. I swear I will paint you. I am not going to real prison. I've lost everything. I'm financially ruined. I've lost Liz. That paint is drawing weird. And now prison? Not prison. Not for Gavin Valor. What are you doing? Get down from there. Good God, Valor, that's going to be 15, 16 feet. Everybody stand back. Gavin Valor's going to jump. We need the floor emergency marshal. Gavin Valor. Everybody wanted to be Gavin Valor. Valor, calm down. Gavin, don't do this. All right, everyone. I'm in charge. Does anyone need water or saltines? I would feel safer with some saltines. I had the money. I had the yacht. I had the women. I had it all. And then I lost it. And now, I'm gonna jump. Gavin, listen to me. I know you've had some setbacks lately. Good, they don't like peanut butter. Gavin, I'm not gonna lie to you. You'll probably be killed in the first six months of prison. But that's neither here nor there. The important thing is that you're alive now, which means there's hope. You know, you're making a lot of sense. Yes, you have to pay for the things you've done. You're not making sense anymore! In spite of everything, you still have friends who will stand by you. And more importantly, perhaps most importantly of all... Now, Tracy! What? But you're down there. Or am I? Good job, Sextile. Hmm. He miscounted the men. That really sounds like such a clunky way to end the episode. Yeah. Because it really doesn't make any sense. Because when would... I don't know. It just it, Again, you're not supposed to think about it, but it, when would he have had time to set the, to, for him to move the sex doll into the chair where he literally just sat down? Steve Martin's character is right. looking directly at all of them. Like, it's just... Well, right, and believe the situation of he made it to Canada, but he decided to come back to New York. Yeah. Is like it's it's yeah. all it's all a little, yeah. uh, you know, take fantastical. That, take take but, that Toronto, yeah. New York, without the everything. <laughs> Which that sounds perfect. Like, I, would, I, I would love the landscape of a New York city without yeah. all the the craziness that comes with it. So I welcome that. Well, I mean, it's definitely it's still a heavily populated city, right. so it's not like it's you know right. nothing going on. But yeah, I mean, it really is pretty similar to. Just being a smaller yeah. Canadian New York. We'll go to there one day. Yeah. Uh, before we have the credits, we'll have the final scene, but we're not going to talk about it too much because it's just kind of like a goofy, the more you know, dot com, dot com, uh, situation that NBC used to do with involving the sex doll. Um, but that was Gavin Valore. Uh, again, like there's laughs in here, um, but even like the more, I, even just on this on this rewatch, I was just like, man, Liz is in this episode, but she's really not that important. This is more really about Jack than anything the way the way i take away with it like just because it's like it seems like jack is seeing himself in gavin Valor, uh-huh. and he's like i don't want to turn into this person but yeah yeah but it's also like i don't feel any sympathy for gavin because like he's like i have all the money and all he's the a women, tax and fraud arsonist like, racketeer you did it all to yourself it's hard to really feel any sympathy for you for it but i like steve martin so like yeah um, he's always fun 
Um, any other final thoughts that we have on Gavin Valuda? Not really. I just wish that they would have had Steve Martin be on a funnier, more manic episode. But yeah. oh well. I mean, it's it's fun to see him play a manic yeah. character like this because. Uh, again, we don't see him that often, so anytime we get him, I'm, and I'm sure for the cast and crew, getting Steve Martin on your show was probably a really big deal because of course, he's yeah, kind of you know, he's a comedy legend. It also seems weird. Like it seems like that would have been perfect for Jenna to play off of somehow of that character, and obviously she's not in the episode, so it doesn't happen. But it's like it just seems it seems like you know what that's that's kind of the same complaint I or not complaint but the same thought I had last week about with the the Jennifer Anderson episode mm-hmm. where Jenna isn't really used a lot in connection with that in a way and what it seems like the way her character is it would have fit with yeah. a wacky storyline. I, I think know. again it just probably just come down to timing. Yeah. Like they, I really do think the line of Jenna's dad was something they really wanted to put in the episode and they just couldn't. Yeah. But they still wanted to talk about it but they could have saved it for another episode yeah. and they didn't. But uh, yeah it's a shame but oh well. Oh well. Uh, if that's all you got to say on Gavin Velour, that's all I got to say got on to Gavin Velour. Well, uh, um, as always, uh, thank you for joining us uh, on Go to There. If you like what we're doing, reviewing and rating and all that fun stuff is the best thing for us. Our coffee is ko-fi.com backslash go to there. And we will see you next week for episode 41, season 3, episode 5, Reunion. Ooh. Where we get to go to White I Haven, remember Connecticut. That's Yep, this is a reunion. I remember this that is one. High school reunion. I remember that I, being a good one. It, I think one of the best episodes of the season, if not of the series, because it shows. It's another one of those we see we see the other side of the story of what Liz used to think her life was like, and we actually see that it wasn't as. I mean, it was bad, but also for others, not just for Liz. So, um, I'm very excited for that one. Um, so we will see you next time on Go to There. David takes that. See you next time. You know a lot of people look down on sex dolls. But as we saw tonight, they save lives and bring families together. How am I such an expert? I'm Tracy Jordan's sex doll. All right, let's do this. You're not making sense anymore!